Hi, you guys. So this is going to be my first story, and it's called 5150. So I picked up two females at a popular outdoor mall where you can shop. There's plenty of restaurants. There's a movie theater and cocktail lounges. There's even a hotel there. When I pick up riders from this location, I know why they use rideshare most of the time. And I am happy to be a designated driver for them after having a couple of drinks. I used to bartend, but we didn't have rideshare at that time. I sure wish we did. Well, the ladies were okay for a minute. Then the lady behind me started crying. And so I turned the music down and she was talking about how her boyfriend had a motorcycle accident and just got out from a coma, but he doesn't remember her. I felt so bad for her and I sympathized with her because I had an old friend who was killed in a motorcycle accident from a drunk driver. And even more personal, one of my sons had a fatal accident five years ago, which I wasn't sure if I was going to share this or not, but uh, I might throw in something personal about my life here or there sometimes. All I know is that this kind of pain never goes away. So she said to me that he doesn't even remember her. And she is trying to convince him that they had a really good relationship. So I told her, why don't you just be friends with him? For now, maybe he will want a relationship later after getting to know you better. She didn't want to hear any of this. So she started talking to her friend and she changed the subject. Then she starts talking to me again and mentions how she is 5150. So I said to her, what is 5150? I don't know what that is. She tells me it means that I've been institutionalized before and they consider her to be homicidal or suicidal. So now I'm scared. Because I saw how she went from crying hysterically to laughing like a light switch. She was young, probably around 22, about 120 pounds, and pretty. So normally I would not be afraid of someone like her. But I found myself to be a little bit scared. So I dropped them off, pulled over, and gave her a three-star. I did this mostly because she wouldn't keep her mask on.
but also because she seemed a little unpredictable. A lot of writers don't know that we also have a star rating for the writers. Everyone always gets a five star from me, unless they keep taking off their mask or do other things that go against the rules of driving driving somebody in their car. So after I gave her the three star, the reason I put was for the mask and I left it like that. I went back to work and about two hours later, I get another request from the original location where I picked up the two ladies from. And as I'm approaching, I see a police officer or a security officer with the girl that I dropped off. The same girl that I gave a three star to. And when you give a three star, a three, two, or a one star, you'll never be connected with that person again. And I thought to myself, no way. What are the chances of having her in my car again? So I confirmed with the officer his name. And it was him. He was doing the request. He let me know that the ride was just for her. So right away, I let her know that she needs to have her mask on. And I reminded her that I took her earlier and that I just wanted to make sure that she would keep her mask on like I had let her know back then. But I really didn't want to push myself on her and be too pushy. I didn't want her irritated. So she tells me it's in my back pocket. And I keep my door locked. And I will not unlock the door until she has her mask on. So at this time, she isn't attempting to get into my car or put on her mask. She is asking the officer for his phone number. And then he says, what do you need it for? And she said something about her boyfriend. I didn't hear what she said, but I knew that whatever it was, it wasn't a good reason for her to have his phone number. And of course the officer did not give it to her. So the officer comes to me and positions his phone toward me so she can't see. And he shows me her phone number, his phone number, I mean, sorry. And asks me if I can write this phone number down and call him if I need to for any reason. So she tries to see his number by looking over the windshield. She's not able to see it. I wrote down his number on a piece of paper and I folded it in four. 
and I put it under my dash. But I noticed her eyes followed the paper, so she knew where I put it. Then she gets in, she has her masks on, and I had to remind her to keep her mask above her nose, which she did. But her eyes were looking straight at the officer's phone number. And she says, okay, you can give me his phone number now. Then I said to her, no, I can't do that. And she says, yes, you can. Just give me his phone number. At this time, her eyes became more piercing to this paper. Though I was fearful of what she might do next, I told her she needed to put her seatbelt on. I didn't know if she would jump over and grab the number. I just wanted her to sit back so I can take her where she needed to go. Now we are approaching a security gate made of iron and arrows on top at her destination. So the arrows on top were pretty sharp, you know, to keep people out. So she says to me, before she gets out of the car, so wait here, I'm going to throw rocks at my boyfriend's window and he better open the door. So I said to her, I thought your boyfriend was in the hospital. She said, oh, that's my other boyfriend. So now I'm a little puzzled. And um, I do wait there. But I'm there because I'm curious about what's going on. She's going to throw rocks. Is she going to start trouble? Do I need to call somebody? Uh, 911, do I need to call a police officer? I have no idea what was going to happen next. So now I'm watching what is going to happen next. And I wasn't going to be able to give her a different, another ride if he didn't open the door for her. But I, wa I wanted to know what's going to happen. And is she going to pay for a trip if she needs to go? I just thought, well, you know, I have to do what's right. I don't want to just leave. Um, I really didn't know what to do, so I just stayed there. So she goes to the gate. And like Catwoman, she somehow climbs this iron gate and jumps over the arrows without incident. I was shocked and amazed that she didn't fall, she didn't hurt herself. So she proceeds to get some rocks and I hear clink, clink at a window. Then she comes to the iron gate to motion to me that I can go. So I left, pulled over my car and I called the police officer and I let him know that I didn't want to create problems for her, but I needed to let him know that she kept insisting on having 
his phone number. I let him know just in case he's seen her again and he needed to be aware. Well, that was my first story. Um, I hope you enjoyed it. And as far as the travels, uh, one city in California, um, I'm going to start doing that next week. So what I will probably be doing is over the weekend, I will get these things done. And then by Monday, uh, probably by the late evening, I will have it recorded for you if you'd like to hear the next story. And uh, what city that I traveled to and, uh, you know, I might mention any pictures that I took um, that are perfect for a painting or a charcoal piece or some kind of art project. And I'd probably mention that as time will go on. So anyways, it was nice talking to you and I hope you enjoyed the, the, uh, story. Thanks a lot. Bye.